Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. I have Kelsey Bruce joining me today. Kelsey, thanks for joining in. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. For sure. So you were you were a recommendation of one of the first, actually, she was the first interview um, that I did on this podcast, um, Sarah Duffy. So uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on to chat. And and my first question is, who is Kelsey Bruce? Um, I am 27. I am an assistant coach at Dallas Baptist University and trying to pursue this running thing at the same time. That's awesome. So what what motivated you to go for your first run? Oh, gosh. Uh, my mom ran when I was growing up. She ran at Angelo State in college and she continued to run after she had me and I wanted to be like my mom. Uh, I used to let my make my dad let me out at the front gate. Uh, we lived on a ranch when I was little. And I used to make him let me out at the front gate and run to the house. We went back and measured it. And I've shared this story before, but it's about a mile. And I was three. So <laughs> I guess that was my first first real run. That's awesome. I was reading up on uh, on the Let's Run um, <laughs> intro and... and um, and I read that story and I was like, oh, that's so cool that that that's that that mile run was the first, you know, the first thing you did. So many kids growing up, you know, myself included, I tried to get out of the mile run in middle school and high school and whatnot. And you're, uh, you know, out there as a three year old um, doing a mile run uh, as soon as you could possibly could. So I think that's super cool. I'm not a fan of the mile anymore, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you do 26 of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not quick enough for one. So, wow. So what does that progression look like uh, from being a three-year-old runner to a 27-year-old runner? What what are the, the 24 years in between? What do those look like? Yeah. So I did a couple 5Ks with my mom uh, growing up. And then I think I did one track meet in sixth grade. It would just remember it being really hot. Uh, there wasn't very many people on the track, but it was still really fun because I got to go do that with my mom. And then I did the Junior Olympics cross country um, and thought that was really cool until I realized almost everyone qualifies for that. Um, but that was cool. That was about the extent of my experience until sixth grade. And then I ran in middle school, was a multi-sport athlete um, through from middle school through high school and then attended DBU. Love it. And Still sticking around there. Awesome. And now you're now you're coaching, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I help with all the distance side. I do assistant for pretty much everything. And then I was just given direct coaching over the 800 meter group for women. Very, very cool. I've had a couple of 800 meter runners on here. Um, 
predominantly the the guests on the podcast are trail and ultra runners and i always find it fascinating to um cut the distance down quite a lot and hear about the pain of a something that's only a couple of minutes long so what's 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 it like coaching the 800 so since i'm pretty new to it i i've really enjoyed it so far i think it's really intriguing that it's a a perfect blend of having some type of aerobic capacity, but you also have to be fast and um, just the kind of different elements that come with it as opposed to the marathon or uh, anything different that I'm kind of used to, but I've really enjoyed it so far. And I, I get impressed with our girls all the time about how quick they can turn over. Awesome. Um, One of the things that, that I find interesting to chat with uh, high level runners with is, the concept of balance. Um, Sarah tells me to ask about hunting. Talk to me about talk to me about the things you do outside of running uh, before we dive too far into into the running side. Yeah, uh, I love hunting and fishing. I'm not very great at it, but love it. Um, we, my dad and I, try to get a buck or a spike or something every year. Um, that's basically, and I eat on it throughout. And I think it's really beneficial to my running having the venison. Um, and but also love dove hunting though I use way too many shells for the amount of birds I get. Cool. And did you do that growing up? Yeah, we did some growing up, and then I got really into it after I graduated because I'm from Brackettville, which is a really small town, and moved to Dallas, which is not, and kind of missed all of those things. And so once I could come back home and visit, I got really into it and tried to take advantage of it as much as possible. Cool. So, uh, what uh, what part of Texas is that? So, Southwest Texas. We're about thirty minutes from Mexico. Really small town. I think our population size is eighteen hundred or something like that. Oh wow! So I've been I've been to Austin, but I've been told that going to Austin doesn't count for um, being in Texas. Is that <laughs> is that true? Uh, I don't think so. Austin's <laughs> really cool. I think, I mean, I love living in Dallas, but I think Austin's probably the coolest city that we've got. Um, but yeah. it's very indicative of what the rest of the state is like, for sure. <laughs> a couple years ago, I was down there with a few college friends and uh, it was March and it was beautiful. And we we got word that there was this um, barbecue festival just outside of town. And we, we we stuck out like sore thumbs there because we we're all wearing sneakers or athletic shoes and sh- like shorts that you would see I don't know in Boston or <laughs> DC or something like that and it was like it was very Texas and and we <laughs> we were very impressed by the food and 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 beer choices that were there but it was like okay you know thirty minutes right boots. outside of town it's like a whole. We didn't wear boots. I felt like I probably should have bought them before going to this. We we showed up to this um to this to this food festival and it was eight dollars all you can eat. And I was like, I'll eat that's that in a meal. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, and then halfway through it, we learned that it was all you can drink too. So it was like, I don't know what's going on here, but this is awesome. <laughs> Texans like their food and and they're pretty proud of pretty much really anything we do. We're pretty proud. Definitely. So how do you use, how do you use food as part of, you talked about, um, venison for, for nutritional purposes, how do you use food, um, to, to facilitate what you're doing on the, on the roads? Yeah, that's funny. Cause I love to eat. I think that my 
<laughs> dream would be to have a restaurant, to own a restaurant, just because I love the fellowship that comes with eating and I love food, um, love cooking, don't love doing dishes, but love everything that kind of comes <laughs> with it. Um, I try really hard to have a really holistic diet. Um, I try to make sure I'm getting all the fruits and vegetables. I eat the things that might not be so good if I know they're good for me because I feel like it's better than, you know, having to sit out for an injury or anything like that. But I also love that aren't so healthy and I don't really restrict myself too much from Chick-fil-A and uh, fried chicken and everything that you wouldn't think that I'd need to be eating. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, I think that the balance of of getting enough calories and giving yourself the freedom to, to eat whatever you want um, is important. And I work with a coach who, who, you know, in my training log, I'll often see eat fun foods today, you know, after a long run or like to eat, make sure you get a pizza or something like that. And I think that like building that relationship with food as something that's not only nourishing, but social and, and, um, like restaurants. I love restaurants because yes, I love eating, like you said, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's also like the, the social, the social aspect of it. And I'm missing that a ton right now. Um, yeah, it's a really sad time normally to not that, have that. that, that yeah, for sure. So what are you, what are you doing? Um, we're, we're chatting at the end of May, 2020, how has your how has your routine changed um, in the last few weeks and months? Yeah, so I came home uh, with my family because, like I said, we're pretty far out of really out of touch with everything out here, and so I felt like it would be a safer place to be. Um, in Dallas, I have five or six roommates or six roommates, uh, so it's a pretty crowded house. So I came home, and so that's been a big adjustment. Just being in Bracketville in general is a big adjustment. But it's been cool because I got to spend a lot of time with my family and don't typically get to do that in a school year with, you know, traveling. Either I'm traveling every weekend for our team or I'm traveling for my personal races. Don't really have a lot of opportunity to come home. So it's been really cool. Um, also, my parents have been doing my laundry and uh, <laughs> looking for me. I'm way too old for them to be doing that, but I'm not mad about it at all. Um, but so that's been fun. Hey, I'm I'm I'm. I'm I'm 29 and I've got the same setup for the last, you know, six weeks here uh, at my own parents' house. And it's like, yeah. uh, we'll be, we'll be thinking of this in 50 years and, and remembering these times uh, as weird as they are. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I've been the biggest adjustment is just being, being here. Um, though I have gotten a lot of soft surface here, which is nice in Dallas. We don't have a ton. Um, so getting to that, but running alone is, is not, as fun. So that's kind of been a challenge to try to yeah. get a little bit, but also a lot less Chick-fil-A. I haven't, I haven't had any <laughs> since the, since the social distancing started. And that's a big deal for me. A really big deal. <laughs> so what are you doing to manage with the solo running? I, so for a while I was listening to a lot of podcasts and um, this one included and listening to sermons or music or just stuff to keep my mind busy because I was pretty much on a reset and build back up from the trials. Um, but then now it's getting too hot for me to carry my phone. Uh, I don't want to ruin it with my sweat. I'm a sweater. <laughs> so the past few weeks, I have just been trying to take it day by day and, you know, know that the 
the, hopefully the end of this is, is near and I'll be able to have some running community soon enough. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um, definitely a good time for podcasting and podcasters. What are some of the other ones you uh, you tune into? So I listened to a lot of Timothy Keller um, and I listened to the Village Church quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've listened to. A lot of music. I listened to a lot of country music. Everyone makes fun of me because like, is that your pump up music? Yeah, country. Country can get anything. Uh, <laughs> I I agree. I've got a I've got a fast country playlist, and that's my uh, that's my workout mix. Awesome, awesome. Who's your favorite? Uh, big Kenny Chesney fan. Maybe not so much on the on the on the workout side of things, but there are a couple of couple of gems that he's got that that get you fired up. Yeah, get along is so fun. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah told me to ask about tacos. I'm a big taco fan as well. I hear you are too. Talking about, let's, let's yeah. talk about tacos. Let's taco about it. Um, so it's all about the tortilla for sure. If, mm-hmm. if you go somewhere that has tacos and they're not homemade tortillas, it's not really a taco. Um, people that make tacos on a wrap bread or wrap, whatever you call it, I get personally offended a little bit, but I think Isn't that a burrito breakfast tacos. I had three for breakfast this morning. Oh, got it. Got it. Nice. Cool. Um, so you've run, you've run some super fast times in the marathon. Um, you, you've progressed to a place that many people will never get to. Um, so I want to know what, where, where did that, come from and sort of like did did you think you'd ever be running in the 230s for the marathon um so that I didn't think I in college I said there's no way I'd do a marathon I I didn't even run I ran 110k in college and that was as a workout um but wasn't interested in anything long in college and then um I did a fifth year for cross and had some, had some success there and was in really, really good shape. And so coach Phillips, my coach, uh, we planned to do a half marathon right after and qualified for the trials. And we're like, okay, you can't not go do the Olympic trials, um, qualified for with the half. And so kind of started there and I was like, you know, this is okay. Like this is kind of new territory. I like the roads. Uh, so that spring I did some longer races just kind of really loved the community aspect of it and had a little bit of success. And so I kind of continued that and just slowly we've pretty much cut off about two minutes every major marathon, not every, but for the most part on the the peak times, we've cut off about two minutes outside of uh, Doha um, in the trials, but I really liked it and just slowly inched down. I think, you know, my goals are a little bit beyond that now. Uh, I, I would like to be sub two thirty, and I think I was in that shape for the trials. So, yes, I you know have believed in myself the whole time, but it didn't exactly start out as okay. I'm going to be a sub two forty five, or it was just kind of take one at a time and try to have success there, and not think too far down the road. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's the that's the secret, right? It's not about a specific tangible goal. It's about the process and getting better every day. I talked to Vanessa Fraser, um, a Bowerman track club athlete, and 
she said that she said much of the same thing. Like she, and she had a breakthrough year. She ran, you know, 14 high in the 5k when her goal was just to break 15. And, and for her, it was, it was not about putting a specific time on the clock, but rather I just want to get better every day and, and see what happens. And so it, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like that's the approach that, that you're taking as well. Just like see, you know, see how far you can go. Yeah. And I think the most successful buildups that I've had are ones that I'm very present in and just um, enjoying it and keeping other people included and trying to help others out along the way. Those have been really the most successful when I don't get too far ahead. We've had seasons where we you know, say, okay, we're going to use this next couple months to get ready for this. But ultimately it's next year is our goal. And I didn't have a lot of success with that. Just, I I don't operate really well that way. So just kind of like you said, just being present and really focused on what you're doing and the day-to-day process is, has been really helpful. So what, what were the trials like? Oh, it was awesome. It was so awesome. Atlanta did a remarkable job. There was times, and I know you've probably heard this before, because I think every runner that has run it has said that, but it, it was deafening. I had to, in the first, probably in the first mile, I got pretty close to the front and I wasn't trying to, you know, get in the front per se. I was just trying to get out of traffic. I didn't want to be stressed and um, where I was. So I got up pretty close to the front really early, but they, I had to shut off my senses they talk about all of the senses that you you get when you're racing and I had to shut off my hearing because it was so loud and I could tell I was getting really excited about just where I was and I knew I trained really hard and I, I knew I was in really good shape um so Atlanta did a remarkable job I it, it was they from the technical meeting to us unloading the plane or unloading or leaving the airport uh, to the race itself, they were extremely organized and extremely friendly and helpful. Um, so the race itself was awesome. It, it was a really cool, cool experience. Yeah, it was cool from a spectator standpoint too to see um, see how it unfolded. You know, you could see it depending on where you were, like four or five different or more, four or five different times um, as the pack went by. So I think it was super cool. the The part that I loved the most was that like a few days leading into it, there was so much going on. Um, did you find yourself at too many events? Were you at some of these panels or were you, were you there for business and um, you know, you stayed in your room and, and, and uh, sort of hunkered down? Uh, I always try to find a balance because I get really excited about things, but I know that for the marathon, you don't want to be too, um, I guess stimulated is the best word. So yeah. the balance of not being on my feet the whole time, but also enjoying the experience because, you know, race day, anything can happen. And if you're too much of a, a hermit in the process, you, you miss out on a lot of really cool things, a part of it. So I tried to, you know, limit to in the evenings, I'd go out to eat with my friends or do things like that, but also making sure that I was prioritizing racing. Cause I, I did want to, I did want to run well. And I, that, that was a goal. Um, so a couple, one of the things you mentioned, I want to, I want to jump back to a couple of the other guests I've had on this podcast, Tim Ritchie, Sarah Hall, um, they've talked about faith and how faith has played a role in, 
uh, in their running. Um, Sarah as well, she talked about it. She said, you know, I've been given a gift. My gift is to run fast and, and running fast is the way that I, I celebrate that connection. Um, so I want to know about, about your connection with faith and, and how does that express itself uh, with your running? Yeah, I'm super excited you asked. I always want to talk about it, but I never know how much people want to hear about it. So uh, it, <laughs> I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that, that say that they want to hear about it. So so, so go right awesome. ahead. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's super fun for me to talk about it because, you know, that's what what we live for is, is our faith. And so um, I think that it has been the epicenter of really everything I do. And I, and I do a lot of running. So it just kind of happens to be the center of that. But um, a lot of it is just the Lord, I feel like has opened a lot of doors for me through running and, um, that that's not what the running is for, but I've, I've just been able to meet a lot of people and see a lot of his, um, I've been able to witness him quite a bit through running and whether that be his strength in me when I finish a workout that I didn't think I can do. So there's that, but also having the faith of, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. What is that reason? And, and for me, the whole package of running kind of gives a outlet to have community and to be able to share my faith and to be able to meet other people of faith. Sarah Duffy is one. And she reached out to me a few weeks ago, I guess, and asked for prayer requests. So that's just such a cool and special thing that I wouldn't have without running. And, you know, you can do that best when you're doing your best with, with whatever that gift is. And so, um, it's something I also really enjoy. And like, like you said, Sarah mentioned that it's a gift and getting to use that gift is a really cool, a really cool opportunity. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I'm not quite as religious, um, but I feel, I feel maybe, I guess the way I describe it is a connection and it's a connection maybe to nature or to natural experience that that happens sort of when we're in the depths of a race or in the middle of an adventure and whether it's a connection to people who are no longer with us um i've i feel like i've had that experience while in the middle of these events and maybe less so in everyday life uh, I think it's super cool that like these are these are experiences that at least I can't explain, but I know that there's something there's something there that's not um, it's not just me. Yeah, and and what's been really cool is um, with, with the the faith aspect is we did a uh, our cross country team for DBU uh, cross country and track team did a uh, mission trip to Peru last summer. Uh, our DBU allows each athletics team to do a mission trip once every four years. And so running, because we're on a team, it enabled us to do that. And when we went to Peru, it was really cool to see them having and treating their their faith of Christianity really similar to how we do in a, in a different avenue or in a different something that's not running, but had the same feelings and experiences that we do. And, and so that spirituality um, is pretty linear, particularly with the Christian faith. And so that was really, really cool uh, to get to see that and to get to witness that. And I think running 
brings you to meet people of all different faiths and all different perspectives and and have a respect for that. And I think for me, even grown closer to to what I believe in and stronger in that. Does that get stronger as the race goes on? Does it, is it sort of like a crescendo? Is there, are there different, is there a different form of connection you feel when you're racing versus doing a workout? So I think a lot of it is, you know, I think there's sometimes when it's during a race, a lot of times during races, it's, you're pretty focused in on, um, racing and, you know, you, you, you really in the zone for that, but where I think with racing, particularly it's kind of your incentive not to give up or, um, your, your why behind what you're doing and why you want to do it well and why not to just give up or, or take the easy route. Um, but a lot of the time for me, particularly it's either before or after the fact, um, is where I feel a, a stronger connection or with workouts. There's been times I've, I've been on a run and just been really overwhelmed and, but with joy and, and, and gratefulness for God. And so, uh, having an experience with the Holy spirit is what we'd call it. And so, um, that's, I think the strongest and the, the, the emphasis, the points of emphasis with faith. Um, but typically it's after and like, Oh, wow. Like I had these opportunities. I met this person and like, I got to do these things and, Oh, that was definitely his strength there for me to get to do that. Very cool. It definitely, definitely makes sense. It's, it's always fun to hear different perspectives from, from, um, you know, how, how other people experience the same sport. You said, you know, you get to meet people of different faiths, you get to meet people of different, you know, from different parts of the country and whatnot. And I think everyone, everyone has a different approach and it's, it's always cool to hear. Um, it's always cool to hear that. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about, um, like, why do you do it? Why, why set these big goals? Um, you mentioned, you know, breaking two thirty. what, what is that? What does that mean to you? It's not, it's not a number. It's not, you know, 229 looks great on the clock, but there's, there's something behind it. What is it? Um, what is it for you? Yeah. Uh, I think that I've, I've kind of always seen myself kind of as a little bit more of an underdog. Um, and in, in most people are familiar with, uh, David and Goliath and, um, type of thing, but not so much that I'm David, but that God is able to kind of work through me. And like, if I can do these things and if I can be a strong witness for, um, Christ, then that, uh, is made evident. And so that's kind of my why, um, because like, there's no reason that me particularly should do some of the things that I've gotten to do, like I, you know, and I don't believe any of the things that I've gotten to do are just out of my own doing. And so that's kind of why I do it because I think I've been given these opportunities and to use them. And I want people to know that that's, it's not because, you know, I'm any different or any like more special or anything like that. I mean, I work hard, but I don't think that I, I don't, underestimate other people working hard. I think a lot of people work really hard. Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about the opportunity you had with the cross country world champs. What was first? Can you can you tell us what what that was and and what was that like? Yeah, yeah, that was su- super cool. Oh, I am such a fan of uh, Robert and Weldon. You know, I already was, but like after meeting them, they were awesome people. Um, I know that the boards get a lot of eight, but they're not writing half the things on the boards. You know, they. They're just a they're just a platform for people to vocalize their opinions. You're talking about Let's Run, yeah, Let's Run particularly. Um, and so Let's Run put out a thread um, that they would take somebody to the World Championships because this year it they had an unattached division, and so you just had to run. I think it was under 34 minutes for the 10k. Uh, I don't know. They had some type of standard, and so they they were like, we're looking for more of a you know, Paul Chalimo or Drew Hunter. And I said, well, I wasn't one of those that I would, I wanted to, you know, reach out. And so I like made a joke that I was a hunter of good competition, even though I wasn't Drew Hunter. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just sent it because I, I even, I actually saw the messages a few days ago. I, I sent to my coach, I was like, there's no way they're going to pick me. Like, there's no way they should pick me. Like, there's not a reason for them to pick me. But um, so I emailed them the joke, just kind of hoping to make them laugh in the process. And they uh, reached back out. And so I was like, oh, wow. Um, I had actually not um, some of my previous plans had kind of fallen through. I'd gotten told no um, on entering a couple of races. And so they were intrigued by that as well. And so in uh, Weldon mentioned like, his process of being a post-collegiate and not getting into meets. And so I think they had a little bit of a heart for my circumstance. And so they called me, I think I, I don't even know. I think I sent it in on Monday and they called me Monday afternoon and said, do you have a passport? Do you have, um, like, can you go? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, yeah. And they, uh, it was funny because when he called, uh, I think Robert called and said hey Kelsey and I like didn't even know who was on the phone and they just started talking um and kind of realized through what he was saying who it was but then they took me to um Denmark to compete at the world championships and bought that ticket that night left on Wednesday raced on Saturday was not prepared by any means for it I think it was actually (laughs) just kind of building back up and so my race wasn't super great and part of that I think was I was a little bit excited and a little bit um in awe of my competition. I didn't really believe in myself very much. I was just excited to be there. And what was it like racing on a stage like that? Um, well, I don't know if it's so much the, the stage itself was awesome. Like it is really cool to, um, the, I think cats designed the course and, and being there with let's run, they had a lot of connections and I got to meet a lot of people and, um, just knowing that I was there and I didn't really deserve to be there was, was really, really special. Um, gave me, <laughs> uh, I think a different look at, at everything. And I kind of was just like in awe the whole time. Um, but after I finished, even though I ran awful, I don't know, I ran slower than when I run on some easy runs. Um, but the course was difficult. It was, <laughs> I just remember, uh, and I mentioned this before too, but they, in the message board, when they asked who wanted to go, 
they said, are you, who's tough enough to face the world's best? And then I remember on the first and the second loop of that course, I was like, I'm not tough enough. I don't want this anymore (laughs) because it was just such a brutal course. And then after that race, I remember listening to some of the Team USA interviews and they were like, man, this is the toughest thing you're going to do all year. Like for for themselves, they're like, this is, we can do this. We're ready to go for the season. And I remember like, okay, if that's the toughest thing, you know, that's, this is great. And then I raced Doha, which was awful too. But, um, (laughs) so I don't listen to people when they say nothing gets tougher because it always can be. (laughs) So what were some of the lessons you learned from international racing, um, and international travel that you wish you knew before getting on the plane? Um, for, I think it was a little bit different for both for Doha and for, um, Denmark. I think Denmark, I should have just been a little more confident and know that while I'm not, didn't necessarily deserve to be there, that, that I could compete and I'm a competitor. And I think I lost that a little bit in that race just because I was, knew I didn't deserve to be there. Um, but I think that's the kind of lesson I learned from the first one. And really you want to be prepared <laughs> is, is nice. Um, preparation is really nice, but that's not something I could really control for that one. For Doha particularly, I think that again, I, I was a little bit excited, over excited. Um, but the, I had a really hard time with the time change and with the heat. Um, and I thought that I would, I thought that I was really well prepared because I had a great buildup. I was in really good shape. We had, I'd trained really hard in the heat. And so I thought really that I should be as prepared as anyone. I mean, Dallas, we get, I mean, it's heat index is 80, 90 degrees in the morning sometimes. And so I felt like I was really prepared for that, but, um, I, I don't think my body responded well to the heat. And part of that, I think now hindsight, we think it might be because I trained so much in the heat. I, I just don't have the capacity to put the, put it out. Like, when it comes time to race. Um, so for that, I don't really know much that I could have changed for Doha specifically, but for international travel, um, trying to figure out what's best for, you know, it was midnight there, 4 PM Texas time. And with a, I don't remember 11 hour time difference or something. I don't remember what it was. Um, trying to figure out that, uh, kind of routine to get into that's a really funky time to run no matter where you are on what time zone you are yeah the other thing I was wondering um I'm told you're a big napper talk to me about (laughs) recovery and napping yeah I um am a grump when it's time to time for my nap (laughs) I pretty much hit a wall around so we have practice at six in the morning, five forty-five or six. And um, once I'm done with practice and I have breakfast and take a shower, I had a pretty hard wall right there. And 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 I take you know I have to take a nap then before I go back into work. Um, and so that's and then here since I've been home, it's been a little bit later, but I'm pretty regular with my naps. And if I don't get them, that it's kind of my coffee. I, I don't drink a ton of coffee. I like coffee, but I don't really want to be too dependent upon it. So 
I, I love my naps and, and I'm a new person afterwards. Um, what are some of the other things that you wish you knew when you started running? Maybe not as a three-year-old, but uh, as a high school runner that you know now. Um, as a high school runner, I was, I think, and, and really probably in college and sometimes now still, but I do think I'm better at it. Um, not being so wrapped up in every day. I think really in high school, I ran hard every day and, um, a lot of college I ran way too hard and still I find myself running too hard sometimes, but in high school, we didn't, I didn't run a ton of mileage. And so I wish I would have listened to my mom and run a little more and just not run as hard. Um, <laughs> I, we used to get in, uh, I used to get in fights with my mom in high school because she'd be like, Kelsey, you probably need to go run a little bit longer of a run than, than two miles, which is the longest we really went, went in practice. Our over distance day in practice was two and a half, um, which is funny because our race was two. So we, she'd try to get me to go to a, four or five mile run on Saturdays. And I remember being so mad at her. Like she was being so mean. <laughs> and now I'm like, man, she was right. Like I should have been you know, a little more receptive to that. And so I guess listening to my mom, you know, that would be some good advice for me in high school in general. <laughs> I think that's just good, good advice in general. Always listen to mom. Yeah. My parents are right about a lot more than I realized. <laughs> I'm noticing the same thing. I think it's uh I think it's a trend. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for for jumping on today. Um and we'll uh, we'll be rooting for you. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate your time. For sure. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run, and in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.